0: The title of my sermon is Going Home, <laughs> Hebrews eleven twenty-two, Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 22. Now, when we read this, I hope you'll keep a marker at Hebrews 11. We'll be coming back there. And then when we read the passage in Genesis 50, please put a marker there because we'll go back to that again. Hebrews eleven twenty-two. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Turn over to chapter 13 and verse 14. Hebrews 13, 14. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Now then, go with me to the book of Genesis chapter fifty the very last chapter and last verse of Genesis. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Look at that again. He was put in a coffin in Egypt. Now then, if you will, be seated and keep markers in those two passages of Scripture. It is very difficult for people in this room today to understand some of the things that are happening in their lives. I know some things that are happening to some of you. I know that you feel you've reached almost the end of your hoarded resources. Some of you have come to the point of desperation that you do not know where to turn to. You listen to testimonies of healings. You rejoice. But you're still sick. We sing as we did a moment ago. By his stripes we're healed. But you took medication before you came to church this morning. And there are other prescriptions that you'll need to take later today. You listen to challenging messages about prosperity, success, and plenty, and there are stacks of bills on the counter in your kitchen. Some of them are already past due. And you're wondering how you're going to pay all of those bills. You've heard the Kingdom Now teachings, and you watch the news, and you read the papers, and you see the violence. And crime, in our streets. You know of rape and of poverty. We even sing in church, victory in Jesus. Jesus is the answer. We feel defeated and dejected. Some of you today do not understand what's going on. You're questioning God. You've reached the point that your faith is really under attack. Doubt and fear are camped outside of your door. And you just have to go boldly in the name of Jesus and say in spite of it, I'm going on and trust God and serve him anyway. Perhaps it will help you if you remind yourself that you're not the first person, nor will you be the last person that this has happened to. The same perplexing questions face many, many people. In the Bible, we find them throughout the pages of the Word of God. Job was one. All of his children were taken away from him. All of his possessions, his herds, his flocks were gone. His wealth diminished. His wife says, Job, just give up. Curse God and die. Jacob came to the point that he was fleeing for his life in a foreign country he was lied to he was deceived his wages changed ten times Joseph sold by his brothers when they had really plotted his murder changed their mind. said well let's sell him sold him to the Ishmaelites carted off across the desert to Egypt put on an auction block What am I bid for this pound of flesh? Potiphar says, I'll take him. In the bidding process, he bought Joseph for a slave. Locked in prison cells. Failed by his friends. Sold by his brothers. This man had an opportunity to question God. The apostle Paul many stripes laid on his back, shipwrecked, fought with beasts at Ephesus, brethren assailed him, hungry at times, without sufficient food, not adequate warm clothes in cold weather, deprivation in a Roman cell, hunched over a little table, pinning the words to the New Testament, the Pauline epistles, Jesus himself, betrayed, lied about, denied, crucified. No, you're not the first person, nor are you the last person. that will have to go through some of the things that you've encountered. And I'll tell you one thing, these experiences, I, I told the crowd wins tonight, these things prepare us for greater things. God is putting us through a school. And when we come out, we will have been blessed and, and we'll say, well, thank you, Father. We're not like the tape that Brother Lockhart shared with me by Sam Johnson's brother who preached a sermon on trouble. And he said when trouble knocks at my door I sit down and pull up a table and say Welcome trouble, have a seat. I know that I, you're going to teach me something and I will learn something. Welcome in trouble. I told the crowd Wednesday night, I don't have that kind of grace. But we do learn. And we'll understand it better by and by we would not have the Pauline epistles, the pastoral epistles, if Paul had not been in that dingy, dimly lit dungeon of a cell in Rome for weeks and months, wasting away in his body, but his relationship with God growing sweeter by the moment. You and I are better people when we, by faith, We'll endure some things that God permits to come our way. My sermon topic for Wednesday night was Joseph's famous words to his brothers when they were afraid he was going to kill them. He said, don't worry, I'm not going to kill you. When you saw me, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And what the devil is trying to do to your life today, friends, may be by evil design... But God has a way of turning the tables on the devil and bringing good out of any kind of situation that you will say, praise God anyhow. We're reminded that we're pilgrims and strangers and sojourners in a strange land. Hebrews 11, the story of Abraham is recounted for us. In verse 8, Abraham was called to go out to a place which he should, and later he would inherit it. The Bible says he went out, not knowing whither he went. There are times that we know we're going in the will of God. Joseph was in the will of God when his brothers put him in that pit. Joseph was in the will of God when his brothers sold him to the Ishmaelites. Joseph was in the will of God when the Ishmaelites sold him down in Egypt as a slave. Joseph was in the will of God when he was wasting away in a prison. Joseph was in the will of God. You may be more in the will of God than you've stopped to give credit for. Abraham was called to go out to a place that later he would inherit. He went out not knowing whither he went. We don't always know. Sometimes we go under sealed orders, we can't understand the consequence and all of the ramifications. Verse 9 of Hebrews 11 says, He sojourned in the land, the promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles. He was a temporary resident, as it were, because he lived in tents, not in palaces. Verse 10, he looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 13 tells us that people like Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, these all died in the faith, not having received the promises but having seen them afar off, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims. Sometimes we have to walk simply by faith. Let's stop right here and sing it. Living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in His great love, from all I'm safe in a shelter in harm. I'm living by faith and feel no alarm. Well, we're living by faith, but we do feel alarmed. Amen. Oh, me. We do get alarmed. But Abraham and these others died in the faith. Not having received the promises, but listen to this. Having seen them afar off. Faith doesn't just see the immediate future. Faith doesn't just see what's present before our bare eyes. Saw those promises afar off and embraced them. Pulled them in. Close to their person. Squeezed them tightly to themselves. And said, in spite of these tents. In spite of this tabernacle, in spite of this desert and all these rocks and all of this nomadic life, I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. It has permanent foundations. No tent stakes will need to be driven down. And one of these days, I'm going home. He embraced that promise of God that God had promised him a permanent place. Confessed that he was a stranger and a pilgrim. He refused to be a part of the world system around him. He said, I'm a citizen of another world. I belong to heaven. Jacob in Haran had many reasons to question and wonder about the ultimate outcome of all the revelation he had had out there at Bethel. Joseph in Egypt had many occasions to wonder why God permitted all of these things to take place but he refused to settle down in a prison and say, well, you know, I believe that the rest of my life I'll wear this striped suit. He refused to believe that he would continue to live in this particular situation. He believed that God was going to honor the dreams that he had given him. Moses had heard from God on the backside of the desert and he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Because by faith he said, I'm a Jew, God has called me. God said to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, I've got a land that you're going to live in. Moses said, this is not my land. This is not my resting place. This is not where I belong. Pharaoh's daughter may have raised me or saw after me, but nevertheless, I don't belong to her. I belong to God. Friends, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And we must refuse to be called the son of this world. We must refuse to get adjusted to this world. Refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. We're on a sojourn, a pilgrimage, a journey in a strange land. The word strange in this text in Hebrews means unfamiliar. It means foreign, and it can even mean hostile. And oftentimes we meet with such attitudes. Well, we didn't choose to be where we are. The situation we're faced with right now, some of us, you, you wonder, well, what in the world am I doing here? How did I arrive at this place? I had plans. It didn't work out. I'm kind of rebounding. What you think is a rebound is God just turning you in the right direction to get you in the center of His perfect plan and the will of God for your life. It's wonderful that God doesn't let us go on bullheaded as we might be sometimes and pursue the wrong choices and God stops us and reigns us up and redirects our life it is not what we prayed for we didn't ask God to let this set of circumstances come about we never envisioned that we'd be faced with such decisions you stop and think for a moment about the men and women in Saudi Arabia who are there because our country has sent them there on an assignment that whether you believe in it or not they're there because they want to support their country and whatever is right now they never prayed there's not a Christian service man or woman who ever prayed to wind up on the deserts of Saudi Arabia but there are some spirit filled saints of God there that walk with God and trust his word and at this point They may say, God, I didn't pray for this. This is not my idea of the promised land. And indeed, they're sojourning, they're strangers, and they're on a pilgrimage in a strange land. You never dreamed that you would be making some decisions that you currently are making because you had other ideas personal financial setbacks have forced you to make some hard decisions. Divorce has brought a turn of events in your life that you absolutely are devastated by. You say, well, I don't know what to do in these circumstances. Just put your faith in God that says He'll bring you through any set of circumstances. You see beyond your present. Abraham was called And you are called. God has a purpose for your life. He went out not knowing. You didn't know that some of these things were going to happen. But we must believe that God is going to bring us through them ultimately. Well, God sent Joseph ahead of his brothers and his father to preserve them during a time of a, a drought and famine. Turn back with me to Psalms 105. Psalms 105 and verse 17. When Joseph was in that pit and his brothers pulled him up and sold him to the Ishmaelites, God was sending him. When he traveled across that desert, headed to Egypt, and he was auctioned off as a cheap slave, he was in the will of God. Listen to this, please. Psalms 107 and verse 17. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant. God sent him. God sent Joseph, who was sold for a servant. God has sent you on an errand, on a mission. Verse 18, whose feet they hurt with fetters, he was laid in iron. There's no guarantee that you won't hurt, that pain and suffering will not be part of your journey. There's no guarantee that we are immune to difficulties and hard times. A lot of the success teaching and a lot of the prosperity teaching misleads people and misguides people. And they use testimonies that temporarily in people's lives have brought great things to them because they gave $1,000. But they refuse to print the testimonies that others who gave $1,000 had to file bankruptcy. But it surely happened whose feet they hurt with irons. Joseph was sent by God and his feet was in irons. They hurt him with fetters. Until the time that his word came and the word of the Lord tried him. There's a time, you see, when God will set you free. There's a time when God will bring you out, when he will fulfill the purpose that he has sent you for. Joseph's brothers and the Ishmaelites thought they were in control. But Joseph was all the time sailing along right in the perfect will of God. Right, you know, Joseph didn't have much of a way to get down into Egypt and get second unto Pharaoh. And so God just allowed the hostility, the anger, the jealousy, the resentment of his brothers to culminate in accomplishing God's purpose for Joseph's life. And here he goes, A bumpy camel ride across a hot, barren desert on his way to the perfect will of God down in Egypt where eventually he's going to be second in command. Took a while. Took some prison experiences. Took some betrayals. It took Potiphar's wife turning against him and accusing him of immorality. He was called to go out, not knowing where he must go. They heard him. You're wondering why, why God, are these things happening to me? It's hard for you to accept the present circumstances that you find yourself in this very moment. Verse 19, of oh, Psalms 107, Until the time that his word came and the word of the Lord tried him. God is still in control. Verse 20, the ruler loosed him. Verse 21, he made him Lord over his house and ruler of all of his substance. You just have to learn to be patient and God eventually will bring to fulfillment his plan for your life. It's important for me to make this next statement. Don't lose your faith. Hebrews eleven twenty-two. by faith Joseph gave commandment concerning his bones in spite of all the facts that Joseph never did get to live in Canaan. He believed that God would visit his people and take them back. And he knew he was going to die. So when he knew that he was going to die, he would not accept defeat. Though he slay me, Job said, yet will I trust him. Joseph said, I'm going to die here in this dirty, filthy place, this place of idolatry and false gods. But God is going to visit his people. God is going to visit his people. He never lost faith in the promises God gave Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Joseph made mention of the departing of Israel from Egyptian bondage. He believed that God would raise up someone, which he did, by the name of Moses. And the exodus took place, and they went back to their homes. He believed in God's promises. His daddy had told him many a time, Joseph, I want to tell you something. Your great-grandfather was a good man. Abraham was close to God. He was God's friend. And God told him, this was before he left home, all this land would belong to Abraham and to his seed, and to the seed, seed. He said, son, you're a descendant of Abraham. All this countryside... This is yours. Joseph never inherited the square in of it, but he believed in that promise. Jacob told him about Isaac and Isaac's covenant with God. Jacob told him about Bethel and about wrestling with God by the brook. He said, Joseph, God is faithful. This land is ours. This land is God's land. People better not forget that. It's still that way. That's part of the world's problem today. They don't believe that. But it's still God's land. And it still belongs to the people he promised it to. So Joseph believed in the promises of God. So even when he said, I'm going to die, he spake of God visiting his people and them returning to the land. He remembered his own dream and his daddy's funeral, because Jacob said, I believe God will visit his people. Joseph took an oath of his brothers in Genesis chapter 50. If you will now go back to this Old Testament passage with me, and let's look at it once again. I had you read that last verse of Genesis chapter 50. Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him. And he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Can you imagine? He was put in a coffin in Egypt. Well, back up two verses. Back up to verse 24. Joseph said to his brethren, I die and God will surely visit you. That's the same thing Jacob said. I die, but God doesn't. (laughs) See, it doesn't matter who you believe in. Jimmy Swagger? Jim Baker Jerry Falwell or any other minister even your pastor it doesn't matter they're all going to die but God didn't I die, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he sware to Abraham Isaac and Jacob and Joseph took an oath listen Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. I'm going to die here in Egypt and they're going to put me in a coffin. The next verse says they put him in a coffin in Egypt. But he said, don't you leave my bones. It was 144 years later. Those bones stayed there 144 years. But when Moses led the children of Israel out of the land, of Egypt, he took those bones with him. It's recorded in Exodus 13, 19, Joshua 24, and verse 32. And Joseph is saying, don't leave me here with these mummies. Don't put me in one of those pyramids. Cart me across this desert, back to the land of my fathers, back to where my God rules and reigns. I believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob Don't bury me. As Jacob said, I don't want to wind up down here in these pyramids among these mummies. I want to go back to my home. Take my bones with you. In verse 22 of Hebrews 11, by faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. The reason he wanted those bones taken out is because he knew that all of his brethren, that the entire nation would be brought out of the land of Egypt, They were down there for a total of 430 years 144 years after joseph died well my sermon title is going home this world is not our home heaven is our promised land the throne of god is over there mansions are there streets of gold are there jesus is there he's prepared a place for us over there we're strangers and pilgrims down here We don't want to get buried in a world system. We don't want to become so attached to this world that we forget that we're looking for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. You know, down here, cities decay, and they're destroyed and devastated. Hiroshima was wiped off the map. Nagasaki. But many other ancient cities were totally devastated. Some of them are lost. They cannot even be found. They do not even know where the sites of those ancient cities are. But we're seeking one to come that has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. It's a permanent place. And we're going home. There are a number of places in the Bible where it speaks about this present world and this present time. And this present hour, 1 Corinthians 4 and 11 speaks about this present hour. Galatians 1 and 4 speaks about this present evil. 2 Timothy 4 and 10 speaks about this present world. Titus 2 and 12 speaks about this present world. But oh, thank God, Romans chapter 8 and verse 18 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. This present world, this present evil, this present time may afford some uncomfortable circumstances for us that we did not choose, want, or pray for. But thank God, the Lord's going to reveal greater glory.